0: Welcome back to the Outside Centre Fun Podcast, where, Ben, we've got quite the eclectic collection today.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's it's. this is not the Chocolate Box episode either. So, No,
0: I mean, who knows what's going to happen next month when we just literally pick what the hell we want to watch. These were from festivals, and Ben,
1: mm. one of
0: them is from a festival debutante on this podcast.
1: Yes, very exciting.
0: Um, but no, it's great. Good, a good menu was on offer. Um, yeah. we had a we had a you well you that was your festival to choose from, so you had yeah. a wide range of things to choose from. Yeah. And we shall see how successful they were. Yeah, shortly. <laughs> but no, it's great, it's great these little festivals can pop up, but apparently it's got a bit of history behind it. It's quite it's it has been there for quite some time, yeah. um, giving kind of smaller European nations a chance to make films and kind of get them broadcast to people. So great. And then to end the podcast, we'll be doing Munich Festival again, Ben, which we have done before. Mm-hmm. Um, we dedicated a whole episode to Munich last time. Um, we weren't enamoured with it, so we've, uh, we have we then struck it from That's the system. But uh, we've gone back because, again, Munich Film Festival might yeah. not be Berlinale, but it's got a huge menu. Yeah, um, And, again, we shall find out in this mixed eclectic bag of films what works and what doesn't for me and you. But anyway, Ben, let's head to this new festival then. Uh, and we're going to start off with one of the funkiest film titles in quite some time on this thing, I should imagine.
1: Embryo Lava Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Embryo Lava Butterfly is a, a Cypriot film from yep. Writer-director Kiros Papavasalu, I apologize. Very
0: good. Thank you,
1: Thank you very much. Um, and I just want to go into this by mentioning that I have not seen a Yorgos Lanthimos film before. I'm just I'm just going to put that out there just in case uh, people think Yorgos Lanthimos is a relevant point here. I don't know because I've never seen any of his films. But I was watching this thinking... I feel like Yorgos Lanthimos's shadow is falling over this a little bit, tiny little bit. Um, I am in two minds about whether or not to read the IMDb synopsis for this film because it's it's one sentence and I feel like it doesn't really summarise this film. Um, And also I'm... I'm kind of of the opinion that the less you know about Embryo Lava Butterfly, possibly the better. I, I, would you agree with that? I, I don't think know. that's
0: entirely fair, actually. I mean, the, the the film title is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and the film title actually says an awful lot when you watch the film. But for people that haven't watched the film yet, yeah. um, to spoil it before that happens would be a bit a uh, would be mean, really. So, yeah, be- I, I agree okay. with you on that.
1: Okay, so, so I'm going to kind of like... I'm going to kind of summarize... Shoot. Sorry? nice and obtuse yeah i'm going to be kind of obtuse so embryo a butterfly is a film about a character called penelope <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she is a woman living in cyprus and she is she has come unstuck in time kind of a little bit yeah um, if, if there's anyone out there who likes the worlds of Kurt Vonnegut, um, this is a very kind of Kurt Vonnegut film. It's a film about two, bit, well, about two different places. It's about the, the realm of arbitrary time. Um, people who choose to live within the realm of arbitrary time, which is where you're, you experience time randomly. So one day will you'll be a particular age the next day you'll be a a different age and the next day you'll be a different age it's not necessarily chronological either um you can be um older one day and then younger the next and then older the next day and so on and so forth Um, and we kind of follow penelope and her life uh the people around her um her family members relationship people her own kind of like private quest. There's there's kind of like um, uh, a task is kind of given to her, or maybe not, or maybe it is. And um, this film jumps back and forwards in time from 2006 to 2013, 2022, 2036, 2012, 20... Blah, blah, jumping back and forwards in time. Um, and I was very entertained by this film all the way through um i had no idea what to expect it started off you experience a day in the life of penelope and then the next day starts title card telling you when it is calendar image and i immediately got it um and i got some of the more obtuse elements of this film entertained present uh, happy present. I was kind of like, okay, now I understand that this film has a weird kind of syntax and language. Yeah. It's, 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 it's. Um, we, it's, we don't talk much about. So on this podcast, we get a lot of kind of. Real world films, films which are set here and now. We don't get much fantasy or sci-fi, and even when we do, it's a bit kind of like here and now. But *Every Other Butterfly* is a genre film. It is a kind of science fictiony film. Um, it's it, no lasers, no spaceships and all that kind of stuff, but it does an amazing job of using the architecture of Cyprus to make you feel like you're in a, in a different land in a different time. I was often reminded of the early films of David Cronenberg and the way he used these kind of institutional buildings in Canada to, to take you to a, uh, somewhere else that you're not just outside Toronto, you're, you're, you're in some crazy facility. It does this very well. It kind of uses architecture to build a science fiction world really well. It did to be honest, it did everything really well for me. It looked really great. I was intrigued by the story. I was intrigued by the, the use of language because pe- people talk in a funny way. Anyway, so so that's kind of setting it up. Uh, well, how does drama come into this film, Ben? Well, somebody travels from linear time to. Uh, arbitrary time to kind of assist Penelope with a family member. Um, why do they come from linear time to arbitrary time, Ben? Not a hundred percent sure. Don't don't ask me, Jimmy. <laughs> um, wasn't really. How can someone from linear time coexist with someone in arbitrary time? Wasn't a hundred percent sure. Don't don't ask me. But yeah, so people move between these two times, like people move between countries. There seems to be a kind of like passport visa kind of issue we're going from one place to the other um it seems to be easier to move from linear time to arbitrary time than vice versa whatever mm-hmm. and then and that's why we're called embryo lava butterfly um with this film could have been called lava butterfly embryo if you like mm-hmm. you can keep moving these three words around um yeah very entertained uh i really enjoyed uh, okay i'm going to brutalize another name here but maria apostocaleia apostolica mm-hmm who plays Penelope, our central character. Um, I was very pleased to see uh What's His Face from Flux Gourmet turning up.
0: Indeed. <laughs>
1: kind of like, is he a villain? Maybe not, not sure. Of the piece. Um, yeah, I just had a lot of fun with Embryo Love for Butterfly. So much fun that this is my film of the month. Mm. Off with film of the month. It's all downhill from here. Mm. Um, yeah. So those are my my 10 cents. Happy, present, pleased, present, engaged, present. But Theo?
0: Well, normally with a film title as funky as this, you can either go two ways, basically. Uh, Either the film title's completely non-related, Red Herring, when you ask yourself why on earth did the film call itself Embryo Lava Butterfly? No, that's not the issue I've got here. uh Or the film title ends up being far more edgy and interesting than the film itself. Yes. Guess where I'm going, Ben? <laughs> uh,
1: is, is it possibly the latter? The
0: latter? Yeah. <laughs> I just found this to be an incredibly dull experience, basically, yeah. uh, and what a shame! Because the idea, as you so very nicely described, is a sound idea. Yeah. Um, and for you, the execution was sound, but for me, it really wasn't. It's
1: mm-hmm.
0: it. Ugh, the characters were so bland. Like there was no humour. It's, like, it, like, it's a cold film. I appreciate. Film. I appreciate this is. Um, not Greek cinema, it's Cypriot cinema. Yes. But basically, it's the same fucking thing. Yes, like, I'm expecting some dark humour in this, and I demand some, I demand some, and there wasn't any. There's none. Um, and yeah. I was not pleased about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was struggling straight away through a lot of these conversations, basically. There mm-hmm. were sort of, like, tedious conversations delivered by a bunch of po-faced Cypriots. Like, yeah. The whole thing was just so stoic.
1: Have I mean, you seen, you've seen Yorgos Lanthamos, right? You've I certainly them. have. So, is, does this bear resemblance to a Lanthimos film?
0: No, because Lanthimos films have that dark underbelly to them. This, okay. yeah. this just felt so again stoic. Like everything was just grey. Everything was middle. Even the bits where they sort of jet off and do all this like transcendenty things. Yeah. It's just a different colour in a room or something. It's like a blue, shiny, sparkly room or something. It's just, yeah. it's just like or some sort of weird church building or something. It's like yeah, you mentioned the, the building thing. That's entirely yeah. fair, but. It's no, I, I just I wish this film was Greek, and that's probably that's probably the worst thing I could possibly have said. Even saying it, even saying that I didn't like it and it was dull it was fine, but to actually want to change the passport entirely, it's probably very very brutal. But I'm afraid for me it's true because I need that dark humor, I need that underbelly because essentially the subject matter is ridiculous. Yeah, it goes without saying it's a genre film is also yep. ridiculous because genre doesn't really happen in real life, yep. not much. Um, so when it does, I need that thing just to make me go, oh wow, this is, this is, this is not just a normal, plain human drama. This is a time traveling thing with a dark undertone of race or a yeah. dark undertone of class. No, none of that here. It's just right. literally plain Penelope, plain Cypriot number two, plain Cypriot number three, plain Cypriot number four, the flux gourmet guy, and another plain Cypriot. It's just like, I've got precious little else to say, Ben, apart from one thing. Yeah, uh, and it's sure actually, and, and this film never stood a chance, really. After about six minutes, because because there's two things I hate in films. Generally speaking, you'll hear me be quite consistent on this thing. There's two things I will not accept in any a film that I have to review. Uh, one I'll of them is exactly the white after
1: 1963.
0: It, well, actually, well, I've slightly become more tolerant. Okay, right. it, we ha- we obviously had um, January, the Bulgarian film last year that broke that. Yep. Um, we've got one coming up that I'm fine with. So it's, it, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I'm not as bad as I was on, on the black and white thing. Um, but no, that's not one of my two top hates for films. Number one is obviously the absence of story. Like, yes. I've made that quite clear. I will never, ever get behind something like Omen, which is all about the flashbang and the, the feel as opposed to actual tangible story. That's yep. never, ever going to change. But one that you don't know about them, because thankfully it doesn't happen that often, uh-huh. Um, and in fact this is probably the second time I can remember it happening in podcast recent history, the uh-huh. last five or six years or so, when a scene deliberately dictates to you what the film is about, I cannot stand it. An example that... being, have you seen the American film Ghost Story? Uh,
1: no, I haven't. That no. weird
0: thing with covered in the, the person yes. covered in a sheet, that film, yes. yeah? It's actually... For, even for a non-hot American film fan, it's it's, it's quite a good film. It reached um, the end of the year list here. I personally yeah. wouldn't have done, but I sort of understood why it did. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, there's a you just trying to work out what on earth is this film with this <laughs> this actor going around with a bedsheet with black holes in it? Like this is just fact. This my little noggin is really going overtime here. But I love it. Yeah. I love trying to work out what the intention was, what it means, what all kind of relates to each other. Great. Same with this film. Yeah. Except that film and this that film and this film had one thing in common, and that is the dictation scene. So in Ghost Story, you had yeah. a stoner at a party yeah. who out of the blue starts reminiscing about time about time travel. It starts reminiscing as sort of pontificating about yeah. what all of it means, what all these people means, the fact the chess pieces in this world of this and that and this. And of course it has to be a stoner at a party. Yes. Because they're the wisest people in films, always, whenever they're there. <laughs> and, I, and, it, and it literally killed the film for me because mm. I was really, really enjoying Ghost Story, trying to work out what are these people? What is their place? What does it all actually mean? What is the sheet? What is that ridiculous thing? Mm-hmm. And then the stoned person basically just ruined it for me. In this film, the reason the synopsis is so, so officially small mm. because early on in uh, Embryo Lava Butterfly, we we're in a lecture theatre, at what I assume is um, university college, something like that.
1: Arbitrary time university, yeah.
0: Yeah, arbitrary time university, and they're literally explaining
1: yes. what each day is to, to people who live in in arbitrary time it as is. well.
0: And it's like, look, <laughs> yeah. why yeah. have you like? It's almost you've got no faith in your own ability to write a good screenplay where people would actually get this for themselves. Like it yeah. was a very deliberate choice to have it that early to try to yeah. settle people down into going oh, right, so this is what I can expect going forward. Yeah. I hate that in cinema. You,
1: you see this in, in CSI as well, where two CSI agents are at a murder scene, and one of them's like, oh, we'll find traces of DNA here. and The other one goes, DNA? And they go, yes, the unique human strand. And it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why are two CSI agents saying these words to each other? They, You, they, you know this stuff. Yeah, I... I, so, I, so I mean... I'm
0: afraid, really, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't so stoic and so plainly boring, Cypriot, without the underbelly, yeah. The, fact that, the fact that I had this lit, this literal kind of explanation forced... Do you imagine how even better this film would have been, Ben, if that yes. scene hadn't happened? And you'd literally been trying to piece this film together based on the calendar thing that you mentioned, which is quite good. Yeah, uh, Based trying yeah, to work yeah. out two different times. And yeah, yeah I, I'd have been the first on here saying, oh, I can't stand going back and forth. And it's true, I don't really like back and forth things. But the journey would have been fun. I would have yeah. at least enjoyed that side of it. So to have that taken away from you, Ben, I was not pleased.
1: I can understand. I mean, I I think I really clicked with this film because it made me think about early David Cronenberg films. Mm. I was I was so happy with that. So like in particular with Crimes of the Future, with not the one we saw, but the early one. Yeah. And Stereo, which are, are two kind of like semi feature length films that he shot when he was a student, or in between being a student and being. A professional filmmaker. He did these really obtuse, really don't answer much for you films. And this kind of reminded me like that, but with a budget, um, humorless, po-faced, um, taking itself very seriously, very wrapped up in its the own w- world they're creating. Yeah. Possibly it's a little bit weak because Kairos Papavasalu is an editor first, rather than a, interesting, isn't it though? Rather than a writer director, and that maybe that is wrapped up in this because he, he, certainly achieved a very handsome looking film on what I'm going to presume is quite a limited budget. Yeah. Oh, it I will be Yeah, Yeah. But he knows like where, how to, how to make Cyprus look like crazy future land quite nicely. So I, I would recommend this to people who love stereo and Crimes of the future, early David Cronenberg films. I think, I think those people would like this.
0: I don't think these four films are going to be showing up on anyone's streaming no. service anytime yeah.
1: soon. No, not not uh, not a man-jack of them. But but um, Embryo Lover, Butterfly is doing fairly well. Um, mm. it's, it's the one that has is causing the biggest splash out of these four films. Not to say there's nothing worth watching in the other films.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what we got next. As we, as we say, oh, uh, oh. As we say a, a short but sweet bit of farewell to what all things Carpati, Ben, with our second Carpati Festival uh, film this time. What yes. have we got?
1: Well, okay, so I'm going to brutalise the name of the writer.
0: I've done you badly here, really. I I, I
1: apologise. <laughs> this is uh, Citizen Saint. It's a Georgian film written and directed by <gasps> The Tinnatin T- 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 Kairishvili. Uh... I've Not may, bad. May have fallen over a little bit there. Now I think that Tinatin or a friend of Tintin's, uh may have written the summary on IMDb, and <laughs> um, it's it says too much and uh, it's a little it's a little clunky. So Citizen Saint is um, we're set we're in Georgia we're in modern day Georgia as far as I know um, we're in a, a town that has a mine. And like a coal mine, and most of this film takes place around the mine. The mine has its own kind of saint who is a miner um, up on a cross uh, atop the mine that people come to see every day. They pray to him. They leave sacrifices, so on and so forth. The town needs to spruce up the saint a little bit, so they take it down, take it into the the town hall to kind of clean everything up, Um, but then the saint goes missing. (laughs) he disappears the statue from the cross there's a little panic going on and then oh wouldn't you know it they find the saint again walking around and performing miracles around the town um and this is citizen saint it's a, a contemporary black and white georgian film um it reminded me very much of a short story i read by the writer Gogol. About a guy who wakes up and his nose is gone. He doesn't have a nose. Oh he, yes,
0: yeah.
1: He's walking around town trying to get his nose back, and everyone treats it very seriously. Well, can you describe your nose and blah blah? blah while this man walks around with that nose, Citizen Saint is very, very uh, serious in its story. This is a film about a saint who goes missing and comes back alive. That there is very little doubt in anyone's mind that that is what happened here so you're seeing kind of like a, it's a bit it's magical realist if if you like mm-hmm. it's um it's a, an un, un, unreal situation easy now ben what are you saying i don't know it's not a day-to-day situation but the way everyone responds to it is completely clear-eyed this is happening they all believe it 100 and there is kind of a lot about faith in this film um it's black and white as well and i was sitting there thinking dio's not gonna like this but I think he's going to be okay with it. One of the reasons I was thinking this is because, in the beginning, when the saint is up on the cross and they take the saint down, they take it in for repairs, because it's black and white, I couldn't really tell if it was a statue or a dead body mm-hmm. on the cross mm-hmm. and i, I if were the film to be in color, I may have been able to tell immediately. No one really mentioned for a long time that it was a statue. No one really said that um and then. Came back. So I I was kind of like the the black and white gives it a nice it it gives it kind of timelessness. It allows them to get away with a little bit. Um, It gives it visual unity as well. We're in a coal mining town. In so Georgia, of, for Pete's sake. Georgia. <laughs> a lot of this film is very dark. Yeah. Uh, the predominant color is black on the screen for long, long stretches of it. It's, your, 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 copy from the festival people struggles to keep up with all the black that's on screen sometimes. Um, and I really had a good time with this film. It's, um, it's, it's real world crazy situation happening everyone is completely clear-eyed with it it's kind of funny at times um i i don't know about you but i definitely found it um found it amusing at times it's also a little bit heartwarming at times um Mm -hmm. people will kind of project their own desires or fears or anger whatever it is anger about the town anger about other people they'll kind of project it onto this figure of the saint, both when he is a statue and when he is moving around. Um, The the funny old couple with the, who bring the goat that they want to sacrifice. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's, that's, that's a great moment that everyone has every it's also a film in which like we don't really have a central character we've got like a um kind of like a some more key characters than others but this film gives like percentages of itself to everyone around kind of equally so there's like old guy gets a bit these two kind of officials in charge of the town they get a bit lady whose husband is in a wheelchair she gets a fair bit um, so it's kind of like a, a portmanteau film in a way, in that it's, uh, this, this is a slice of this place at this time under extraordinary circumstances, but treating it like this is an everyday event that happens all over the place. And I, I really, I had a lot of fun with Citizen Sane. I laughed at points. I felt a bit sad at other points. Um, I thought it, it looked quite good. I th- I, I, have to, I thought all four films this month looked pretty darn good. Um, and this left me kind of hungry to see more Georgian films. That's what I'll say. Tinnatin Kairashivili. Oh, I'm sorry about the name, but um, yeah, really enjoyed her film. Not quite film of the month for me, Theo.
0: It's my second favorite film this month. Hey, despite that, it's a really very, very, very strange little film. This mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Um, the biggest problem. I actually have with this film, Benis. Who yeah. the hell am I going to recommend this film to?
1: To people who like the Goggle story, the nose. right? Okay, totally. so that,
0: excluding zero point zero 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 one percent of everybody.
1: Well, anyone who
0: fans knows, who anyone. on earth like it's just like you know you know what I'm trying to say, which is good. Yeah. It's good in a way because you don't always want a reference point to a film. Yeah. It should just be watch the film for a story or watch the film for yeah. a visual thing or a mixture yeah. of both or whatever. So I don't mind that as much. It's just a weird film for me because it feels like nothing happens, but clearly stuff does happen. Mm-hmm. I can't say I was bored, but I can't say I was, I was entertained either. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something very alluring about this like world of a building site, as it was. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, the idea of just, I mean, an ex-worker, we think, who died, we think.
1: Oh, the, the, the actual saint himself. Yeah. I know. No no attempt to make it clear who this person is, why he was canonised, why he's a saint, what the story was. Yeah, no, to hell with you. Probably a worker.
0: Probably a worker who probably died at the site and is yeah. now like hoisted onto a cross to watch over all the other workers at the site. Yes. Um, but absolutely it, no, I mean, none of that makes sense, Ben, but it's kind of um, alluring and stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, I must admit, having, having seen... Uh, Well, having read the synopsis about it being a saint and Mm -hmm. what I've just said about hoisted on a cross looking after everybody, Mm -hmm. I did go into this film thinking it would be a more monochrome, lower-budget version of Leviathan. Yes. Um, And I'm only saying that because of the religious allegories. Yes. Or should that be allegory, Ben? Because Uh... what disappointed me was actually, there was actually next to nothing in this film where it really wanted to have some sort of a commentary on religion, really.
1: Yes, that's yes. Yeah, well, I I think there is a commentary on religion, but it's it's the whole thing is like a kind of a religious parable metaphor. Kind of, it's it's a cautionary tale. Mm. Putting all of your faith into authority, or, faith yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it just the whole thing was just I didn't. That's the problem when you start having ideas about what a film should do, and mm-hmm. it doesn't do it. You're automatically mm-hmm. going to be disappointed with it. But again, like. I just don't know where this film's really at. Really, um, yeah. I, I sure as hell don't want to see it again. But I no. wouldn't exactly stop other people watching it. Like, there's just constant contradictions with this film for me, and it's a really, really difficult thing to review. It mm. is my second favorite, so it's that for a reason. Mm. Um, but my my overall opinion is one of just confusion and slight disappointment. I think
1: interesting. Um,
0: but yeah, but again, I don't hate it, and I I would probably recommend it, but I have no idea who to. Um, uh, because it's not going to capture people's kind of attention spans that long. I don't think. No, maybe black can... helps in that regard because it's yeah. it's different. I mean, I don't know about the
1: bloody. Say. Maybe a bit of, of Boonwell fans might dig this.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, and just yeah, maybe. Um, it's it's just it's just a strange, strange film. Like, there's not a huge really is. man else can say really.
1: No, it's it's a it's a funny old film. Um, like I was saying, it like it's really odd. Like like with the goggle story, it's a really really unusual situation played completely straight. There's no winking at the camera. There's no like. There's no nothing. Everyone's just like, yes, this statue has come to life now, and now we have to do this, and now we have to do this, and then miracles are performed, and everyone's like, oh yes, of course.
0: I do have one issue with the black and white though, Ben, and that what well, it does mm-hmm. work better in the darker winter months. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. You, you literally, you can see the shadows of sun in this film, even in a black and white film.
1: But also, also like, having to bloody close all the curtains because it's so goddamn sunny. And so much of this, like, uh, 20% of the film takes place in the mines.
0: Yeah. Um, but then and- you have all those characters that turn up to look at the saint wearing dark black clothes, which you would not do yes. in the Georgian no. summer because the Georgian summer is hot, to bet. Yes, that's yes. Why the, that's why their wine kind of market is like, going up and up and up. So it's kind of like... Yeah, you don't try to get, don't try and make me think this is some sort of grey, miserable land you got there, Georgia. Because it's a beautiful country, and you have amazing weather there, and you grow great wine, which which it needs sun. So please don't, no, you try to not pull the out of my eyes with a black and white thing. I'm not falling for it, director. I'm not going to say your name because mm. I don't need to. But basically, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't fall for that, Mr. Director, Mrs. Director I didn't.
1: I think it's Kyrishville. Yeah. If I had that, that's and that's how I apologize for the previous pronunciation.
0: I, I, yeah. I'm definitely up for more Georgian cinema, um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, me too, but maybe something a bit more, you know, <laughs>
1: I know, like, I know, yeah. This I mean, to, to be fair, this this bears similarity to January, the Bulgarian film, a little bit,
0: it does, you are it, right, it does, yeah, and that and, and kind well, of second time second time having seen that film that was two times too many you know what i mean it is just ah uh, okay yeah. um, anyway anyway we're going to we're going to go onwards we're going to so go my onwards.
1: my prediction is that we're going to hit theo's film of the month next i could you, be wrong
0: you are very wrong uh, oh. we're going to move on to birdlands directed by Leila Killani. uh i've got two i've got two not just one ben i've got two yeah. synopses for you because i wasn't happy with them so i thought i'd okay. give you two El okay. so, Mansuria, near Tangier, is the wealthy homestead of the Bektani family. Its location is shared with an abundant forest and villagers who have squatted in the area for 40 years. Sounds great. Mm. A forthcoming wedding... Hello, Feston. A forthcoming <laughs> wedding trans, uh, triggers rather, a splitting of paths, while the matriarch of the Bektani clan wants to clear out the land and sell it. Um, Her son, Annis, and granddaughter, Lina, Lina I'm never, ever sure. About I, think, I think it's Lina. Lina, yeah. Live with nature in, in mind, with a fully mystical way, paying heed to coincidences and signs that announce a coming social revolution. Yeah. <laughs> see, this is not good. So here's my version. Yes, basically, but <laughs> <laughs> we were essentially following a young girl named Lina who has yep. enforced herself with silence and only communicates with her streaming followers. Yeah, She regards herself as the devil because a load of negative shit has happened around her. And she yeah. thinks it's happened because of her, mm. hence why she took a vow of silence. Anyway, she's a budding ornithologist, and is a reason she wants to stay in the island because she can't get enough of dat dem birds, Ben. Mm-hmm. So, I've given you two synopses there, neither of which really, they're all adding together to make something. But now mm-hmm. I'm going to give you three words to sum up the movie for me,
1: Ben. Oh, okay. Dull. 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 <laughs> I'm so surprised. Like
0: this, like, like the first film on the podcast this week, Yeah. endlessly boring conversations, most of which repeat the same stuff. Like, the family struggle. The family struggle. Selling, not selling. Selling, not selling. Yeah. Should we do this? Should we do this? Yeah. The talking with the developers. The actions of the developers. And a whole lot of dat dem birds. Like yes. I just found the whole thing boring. And like film number one, possibly film number two as well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and film number three. It's mm-hmm. too long, man. It's too fucking long. Oh, yeah, it that- needs that- that- to be two hours long.
1: This, this one was definitely too long. It's but, just
0: no need for it to be this long. Yeah. Visually, it was so incredibly grey and miserable, which is why I'm really interested in you hinted earlier that you thought this was a handsome film.
1: Yes, because I did. For
0: me, it's far, far too Indian grey for it to be a handsome yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, you can have handsome indie films coming up soon, but <laughs> yeah. this, this is not a handsome film for me. And basically just wasn't in the mood for it, I don't think. The biggest problem for me... Uh, this uh, this doesn't qualify as a top hate, so we're gonna we're gonna stick with the absence of story, and we're mm-hmm. gonna stick with um, a telegraph of what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But if I was to do a decimal point of a point five of a hate, it's a lead character not actually speaking. Yes, it's a problem. It's frustrating. It's annoying because the lead character is always apart from the next film, yep. very very important to be drawn into a world is often through the lead character. Yes, um, so for me. They the try at the beginning by showing you how be, how she, she became so popular, how mm. she kind of got all these followers streaming, how she's took all these records of eight thousand or whatever it is birds. She's able to chronicle and this kind of thing. She's done that all herself. She's mm. quite small. She's quite young. Trying to mm. make me fall in love with her and stuff. That's fine, but mm. then it's I, I we only ever hear her via a narration thing.
1: Yes, which is a weird thing if you've got a character who doesn't speak and then she does the voiceover.
0: It's incredibly annoying to me. Um, yeah. But then when you, you you see her thoughts, if not from narration, then via yeah. English chat text. Yes. So cool. uh, she's basically interacting with her followers on some sort of platform that has obviously remained nameless, and it's not even yeah. that one anyway. But um, it's live live chatting during the streaming of this, that, and the other, either yeah. the actions of the developers or birds in the sky or whatever else. She's live streaming, live chatting in English. Yeah. which I, I'm not. You know, obviously she, she she would have even in Morocco an international following because that's what that's how the world of social media works. Mm-hmm. But that was incredibly annoying to me as well. It's mm-hmm. just like, well, you're not even going to speak. I don't want to read English. Like yeah. uh, the subtitles, yes, but the actual yeah. the actual
1: <laughs> language, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Not not and, in the actual movie itself. So those right. are problems for me, top yeah. to bottom of it, mate. I just didn't get on with it, and I'm not going to recommend this.
1: Yeah. Fair, fair deuce. Yeah, I, I can't recommend this either. Um, I, I, I don't live a terribly online life. No. Um, so I'm not on much social media. I don't, I don't own a smartphone. I don't do all these things. So I, one of the things that I felt watching this is, is, is there something about online life that I, because I don't know about it, that is stopping me from kind of getting into this world. But one of the problems I really had with this film was that for me, there was a real mismatch between the words I was reading, which are the words from the voiceover and the stuff, and what I was seeing. So it's so the, the tone of that voiceover is so aggressive and so incendiary and this, but this person's an arse and this person hates me and thinks I'm a witch and stuff. And for like 20 minutes, you're just watching like a kind of a happy family get-together thing. And I, I kept that that stayed with me for the entirety of this film. I never really felt a match between eventually the dialogue that people were saying and what i was seeing because a lot of the dialogue is really kind of acidic and burny and everyone's everyone's at everyone but the tone of the film that you're watching doesn't match that at all it just feels like kind of like slightly prickly family get together event um so that that was kind of going on for me also when it started i thought like Oh, it she she's into birds. She likes bird watching. There's always bird watching videos. She's also kind of watching her family members. She's filming them in secret. So we're going to there's gonna be a bird watching kind of thing going on here, but there isn't. That doesn't happen. It's like hinted at in the beginning and then never comes back again. Um there were some other like odd little smartphone things which left me confused. And sorry find my words again and yes so one of the other things i had about this film was that sometimes it shows you things which aren't happening which are only imaginary yep um and then what that leaves me with is now i don't know if what i'm watching is real or an imaginary thing or what no um there's one bit where she does a, a, a jaccuse against someone and she's live streaming it to all of her followers which nice nice touch Birdland. the number of people watching the videos goes up as the film goes on Indeed. because it kind of storm builds up i yeah. thought yeah, all right, yeah. um there's a bit where she's filming and doing a jacques to somebody and the person is talking to her going please stop filming please stop filming but then you're seeing the footage on the phone and the person that she's filming is looking kind of away to the side whereas like i was like surely she would be looking at the camera because neil is holding it and like and like it just left i was i was confused a lot by this film um i didn't really care much about the the situation which was going on it it felt to me like a metaphor for the arab spring um in one way or another um it felt like a, a metaphor for sticking up for for um displaced peoples who uh, who are living on other people 's property and stuff I, f- I felt a i felt a lot of metaphor going on in this film didn't really enjoy it. I did like the way it was shot so the the shooting style of this film was very much in my wheelhouse very comfortable with how it was shot it's got that kind of fest and light handheld so- edgy kind of thing going on i was really happy with this color scheme wise and lighting wise it's a bit flat and a bit blank not 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 much going on but i i appreciated the philosophy of how this film um was filmed but yeah i couldn't get on board with it didn't really know didn't really know whether or not this is real or not the scenes play out and that i found it difficult to care um,
0: That's always the number one sin in a film. If you don't care, there's there's nothing to, that can counteract that. Nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I um, can't really recommend Birdland. But the, the reason I'm surprised that, that that you didn't like this is because our, the next film that we're going to talk about is the one that I got on with the least it's out of all these four so, a- so, so, to hell with Birdland. Oh, yeah,
0: to, yeah Bird, Birdland. Oh, yeah. Birdland is also not the first film called Birdland, so therefore that that was a bad move, really.
1: Yeah, well, there was a film, another previous film called. Yeah,
0: Birdland. It, it, is it? A, it's a is it a spit on your grave type film called Birdland in twenty eighteen or something? It's uh, no,
1: no, wait, you're not talking about Birdemic. No,
0: oh, it's actually called Birdland. It's got a extremely well. bad reviews, and it's a, it's a it's a it is a, an American sort of potentially spit on your grave kind of film. Anyway, yeah. oh. um, no, nah, so, yeah, Birdland. I'm afraid no, and it's done no favors for North African cinema that film at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So th- in a way, I sort of want to get that rectified as soon as possible, despite the fact we've got limited time left. Because yep. I know it can and has done better than this. But yep. uh, no, it's 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 not been received that well either. So there we go. Uh, Munich, very disappointed. But no, I'm not disappointed, Ben, because mm-hmm. Octopus Skin directed Mm. by an experienced director in Anna Christina Bargan, who is 35 years old. Oh, that's a good age. And I'm noting that. Um, (laughs) 17-year-old twins, Iris and Ariel, live with their mother and younger sister, Leah, on a beach full of mollusks, birds and reptiles. (laughs) I didn't see any reptiles, actually. That's fake news. No, there weren't any fucking reptiles there. Anyway, the teenagers have grown up isolated from the continent in an unconventional relationship between siblings and with a transdentinal connection to nature. Mm. Curious to discover what lies beyond the ocean, Iris decides to leave the island and head for the city. The shopping centres, the noise, the search for the absent father, the separation from the twin is a thing. The mother's absence defines the importance of a thing. And the love for siblings, the love for nature, all come together in some sort of an ending I mean, I suppose so, really, but who cares? I mean, ben, it
1: stops. the film stops—that's for sure.
0: Pretty much, he does. Ben, this film saved the episode of the podcast from being an absolute disaster yes. for me. No way. Obviously, it's film of the month. I really, really like this film. Um, I think we as film critics take mise en scène for granted, but this film nails the mise en scène.
1: Like, this, this, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna. This film is the the standout winner of how to look. As I mean.
0: The colour palette, either on the island or in the city, is so incredibly consistent and it just follows its own logic and it's perfect, basically. It's all washed out blues, greens and greys and sort of like sandy colour. Well, obviously Mm -hmm. the kind of colours you would see on an island, on a beach, but it's Mm -hmm. also there in the city. It's amazing when you look in the city how Mm -hmm. much of it is like beach coloured. It's just incredible. It's details that, for me, drew me into this film straight away, basically. We Mm -hmm. assume it's Ecuador, because it's an Ecuadorian film.
1: No one ever proves this. No one ever mentions it.
0: Which is a thing that I adore in this film above all else. Uh But before we get to that, performances, uh, particularly from the lead actress, Isadora Chavez, Mm -hmm. who, like everyone else, Ben, is a non-professional actor.
1: Yes. I I couldn't stop thinking about how to get non-professional actors to do the things they do in this film.
0: So apparently they had acting lessons. um, And they also did some parkour lessons, which I'll come on to later. Um, But yeah, at 15,000, she chose this small selection of actors, six or seven of them, I think in total, eight, maybe really less than, less than a dozen. Yeah. um, Whoever appear in this film and they just kind of do their stuff. And um, I couldn't really fault any of them, to be honest. Um, But as I say, I need to talk about this more in detail. My absolute favorite thing in this film, and it, and let's go back to embryo lava butterfly again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where's the telegraphing in this film, Ben? Because I sure as shit didn't see any. There's everything none. in this film, you've got to work out. Yeah, like you've got to piece everything together. So I want people to do that as well. I'm recommending the film for that mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be obtuse now. And say that for the sake of the review, this is what the film kind of has in it. You need to work out what the the family dynamic is, and it and it's not the automatic parental thing that you might expect. There's a clue. You need to know how the family functions. You need to know what role the father had. You need yeah. to you need to know what role the father has, uh, yeah. did have. Is he alive? Is he dead? You need to sort all this out. Um. That's just for starters. Never mind everything else in this film. Location, yeah. um, kind of meaning, sort of determined actions. Like what What are people's kind of, what drives these people? Yes. What people actually want from each other? What do they want from the island? What do they want from the city? Do they want anything from the city at all? It, mm. It's just constant questions which you had to ask yourself. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm not always a huge fan of this. I'm a non American film fan, as I keep saying. And mm-hmm. it tends to just give you everything wrapped up in bows. Yeah. Even now and again I get a bit frustrated with, oh, for Christ's sake, can something just make sense, please? Yeah. If I ever felt like that in this film, it's the mise en scène and the cinematography and just some outstandingly beautiful shots that just yeah. draw me back into this world where I go, okay, okay, that's fine. I didn't quite get that bit, but we'll we'll get back onto it soon. And <laughs> later on, at some point, you're back on with people's kind of ideas what they stand for, what they want to achieve. So it really doesn't take, I think, maybe once or twice ever in this film. Uh, I was a bit like, eh? But then I was like, oh. So is that, that's fine. Um, yes, I've seen sexual frustration before in 17-year-olds, sexual yeah. mis- misunderstanding from socially isolated people, blah, blah, blah. Seen all that in cinema 100 times, and I'll probably see it 100 more times. Yeah, But I like the way this film went about it. this is a lot of parkour physical fighting wrestling biting like literally still trying to work out the biting thing uh i quite like the biting thing but you know it's 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 a very specific thing because the mother ends up biting spoons a lot yes um so just little things like that i'm still piecing it together but anyway it's um yeah as i said the actors had parkour training so they're all like just Physically getting to know each other and physically exploring mm-hmm. each other's bodies, not knowing not what to do with them, that comes along mm-hmm. this film. So that's that's all I'm going to say for now. I haven't even mentioned some of the stellar filmmaking shots that I will bring up in the future. And mm-hmm. if you happen to beat me to it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you didn't like it, I don't think. I really, really liked it because I like not having my handheld. Yeah, and, and I just felt that this was the only one out of this four that wasn't actually deliberately trying to do that at some point. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the one that does it the second least is Citizen Saint. Yes. So um, there we go. Basically, those are the two for me this month. But uh, yeah, proper the month to come, stellar shots to come. But I want to hear why you don't like the film.
1: Well, and after listening to your impassioned speech, I'm disappointed in my, my own response to this film. Um, because... Okay, so, so okay. There must let, be a reason. So, yes, you, me, yeah. so what you're saying, you know, this film doesn't give you anything, you have to work for everything, is probably tied up in one of the reasons why I didn't enjoy this film, because possibly because I didn't work for anything. And so it felt to me quite disjointed. Um, it's beautiful. This is by a Country Mile, the best-looking film that we've got this month. Um, I was immediately sucked in by how great it looked um and then we had like possibly four scenes in a row which didn't seem to have any kind of connection to each other and featured this kind of like feral family um there's a there's a fair amount of masturbation in this mm. form. um and i i just wasn't getting anything from this thing it felt like it felt like a kind of like I know I say this a lot but it felt like a kind of channel Four nineteen eighties 1980s art house film with a like a weird family living on an island who like humping sofas and not talking and that's and a great scene exploring each other's <laughs> skin um yeah that's I
0: love that scene that's a great I, guess, scene.
1: Like, I I wasn't getting anything from this film I didn't I didn't like I didn't but then I didn't go looking, you see, this is the, but I I didn't enjoy the characters. I didn't get on with their quest. Um, I I found the kind of chronology of everything disjointed and broken. Um, I, I I drifted off at one point and started thinking about why do I like Julian donkey boy when I'm not enjoying this? And then I remembered that I didn't enjoy Julian donkey boy so much the first time I watched it. So maybe maybe that's relevant here. I don't know, but yeah, I, I didn't get on with this film. I didn't um get into their quest. I'm not a big fan of film films where teens are the central characters. Like a film has to be, has to has to get me over that hump because I'm I'm just not going to warm to a film where teens are the central characters. Um, they, it feels like an odd choice to make for me. Um, it limits what you can do with your cast it limits your your working hours in your day and I'm, I'm just not sure why anyone would make that choice um not to say that teens don't have interesting lives they do i just like for practical reasons just like it's just a drag um yeah i don't know i just I, the city stuff the the the, the father father figure without going to spoilers there's a scene with the father which um which I was like oh oh is that all um yes I just I just didn't get on with this it was was just too disjointed too broken up it was like honest honestly I really didn't enjoy it but listening to you say your piece I'm thinking like maybe I didn't do this film fair so I'm, I'm 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 lacking confidence now in my ambivalence towards the film but yeah essentially i just i didn't vibe with it um it didn't intrigue me i didn't get on with the characters it's a beautiful film absolutely
0: there's a couple of things i'm going to bring up that i need to mention some stiller filmmaking go on Uh, there's a moment when the lead character Mm -hmm. she uh she jumps off a cliff but that Mm -hmm. walk towards the edge of the cliff where okay yes She's literally surrounded I've never seen so many birds sing the birds because right? yeah. <laughs> and even then i don't think I don't think even Hitchcocks the birds had that many birds in one shot yeah. I really it's don't yeah. it's a lot of birds but that I I, I I mean they're all real by the way none of it's like cropped like
1: but it's composited no I mean, well, well i mean because you't can't, you can't have a child walk through that many birds like they just you, you can't do it. Surely. If I'm wrong, Anna Christina Barragan, if I'm wrong, please write and tell me. But I felt like they were comped in. But,
0: that, but either but either way I'm fine because it it's was visually it yeah. was just absolutely stunning. Like yeah. and these were these weren't no these weren't no small fry seagulls, chap. These were Big ass black birds. Like that many birds yeah. in the garden. These were enormous birds.
1: Yeah, they're so wing, black as well. With a
0: wing, with a wingspan of like a table. They were just a yeah. like, stunning visual scene. But but that's not even my favourite. And that was a great thing, but that's not even my favourite scene. My favourite scene in this film, and this is what comes out to me is on scene again. I yeah. swear I didn't imagine this, but yeah. I love their living room. It, it it's just yeah. it's just some sort of like Washed up, beat up, everything's ancient. There's a TV with a VHS player in it, which was nearly proper the month, by the way. Because uh, yes. that, that, that answers one of the major questions in this in this film early on uh, re- regarding the father. Um, but at that yes. point, you, did, you didn't even know about the father until then. But then everything clicks in. Um, but that was almost proper the month. But that's to come later, proper the month. However, mm-hmm. um, there was this one scene when something happened. There was play fighting for like the 50th time or something. And then and the, the film does that thing where it cuts to the ocean and yeah. it'll show some little, not octopuses ever, by the way, no, there's never an octopus in this film, but it'll it'll show you little squid things. It'll show you little planktony things. It'll show you all sorts of little creature things. Hmm. And it, there was a shot of the seabed with little bits of color here and there. Most of yeah. it was just seabed floors. So it was, it was colorless. It was just gray and that kind of thing following the scene when the bedroom, we just actually the bedroom, there's nobody in there. And there's a red chair, a battered red chair or a red table or something like that Ooh. in Ooh. the bedroom of, the, of this house on the Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Transposed to the picture of the seabed where in the corner of the seabed, there was a red bit of plankton or something.
1: Um, and I was like,
0: holy. You!" You've...
1: I mean, that, that's gotta be where they, they got all the second unit shot of the underwater stuff. Yeah. First. And yeah,
0: then... I, I, yeah but the, the, they went to that effort just to make things match the, this sort of like the world between the city, the, the yeah. island and the uh, the city is of course the water so water is very important you can't get anywhere without going across the water yeah. um, and it's just like and these are feral people that obviously are just like used to the water and stuff but um, the, the fact that that effort was made I'm just like you know what I'm in this is yeah. just like you yeah. didn't have to do that you could have just not even bothered with showing any of the water stuff at all um, but I, I just fucking love that Mm -hmm. um yeah that was those two scenes for me stuck out i mean i won't forget the bird one in hurry comped or not um but it was the actual redness the red patch of the seabed that matched the table or the chair whichever one it was of Uh. the bedroom on the island i'm just like you know what yeah you're 35 years old you're doing stuff like that already i am thoroughly thoroughly uh well and also you're putting a team around you who can do things like that at that age as well which is another thing um proper the month go on So again, it nearly was the VHS TV combo because A, they're awesome anyway. We all had one of a certain Mm -hmm. age Mm -hmm. Um, and it does have a plot thing, but rather bizarrely, um, considering of how much physical stuff there is in this film and there's a lot of physical fighting, play fighting, there's a couple of sex scenes, there's humping of sofas and stuff, as you said. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one bit and I mean only one scene in the entire film where you notice the lead character is wearing a hair clip that says the word
1: love. Oh, yeah. One
0: scene. Now, considering that she spends a lot of time lying around or being pushed around fighting, attempting to shag something, not attempting to shag something, one scene has the hair clip saying love. And I'm like, and of course, love is all over this film. There's love for different reasons. It's anti-father, pro-father, anti-mother, pro-mother. More interestingly, anti-brother, pro-brother, love relationship. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's a scene where she she tells her twin brother, "I don't love you anymore," um, and that means more than you think. Uh, which yes. I won't say any more about that. But uh, it's it. She's she then wants to find her real love, which is not the city, but her father and stuff like that. Yes. All co- But the fact that she does have that hair clipping, I assume for all of the film, because she's yep. got <clears throat> got feral hair, as it were. Yep. But you only ever see it on shot once, and I thought that prop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like I, that. I didn't actually pay attention to whether it like meant anything at the time. It was just like yeah. part of the uh, general ambiance. But yeah. no, nope, that was my prop of the month, uh, and I was fascinated with it. I'm, I'm, but, I'm, I'm, fascinated I'm, with the <laughs> film in general, really.
1: Yeah, I'm disappointed with myself, my inability. <laughs> no, to stand
0: no, up. no, no! You should never ever say that because you say you, the initial thing has a lot to say about things most of the time um very rarely do i ever watch something a second time and actually change my mind so i wouldn't i wouldn't beat yourself up about that okay uh, right. some of the times you would watch a film like this and you would fall for it but you know i, mean, I
1: know i really yeah i i, I think oh, i don't know i don't know um you've
0: got to follow your instinct though you've got to i, I mean I who knows how many times i'd have to watch omen to get on top of omen i don't think it would ever happen but you know I, maybe one day it would maybe one I, day I, but um uh, yeah. no.
1: i um smoke a moment of the month
0: very Um, little cigarettes this month
1: very few cigarettes been a cigarette baron year really it really has and considering we were in cyprus i thought like oh this will this will be a wash with them after magnetic fields and it's like like 90 minutes of smoking it'll be good but pretty much none in embryo lava butterfly no one in arbitrary time smokes um the only smoking we've got is in citizen saint in georgia um, not
0: a surprise um, exactly
1: No, not, not particularly So yeah, the Moment of the month Goes to goes to Old Georgia um, But I, but to be honest with you I can't even remember the scene <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thankfully we have got some other scenes For you to bring up in a few months When we do the end of the year episode But Beth, yes, we're not at the end of the year episode yet Because we've got to oh, do an yeah. episode next month
1: and I I feel like next month was this month. I'm 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 so confused. I feel like this was the chocolate box.
0: Yep. So we're delving we're delving into the chocolate box next month, which means myself and Ben are just gonna pick four random films from four random festivals, or they couldn't even be on the same festival, or they might not even be at a festival. Like yeah. it is whatever it's gonna be, it's gonna be. Yeah. Um and normally this is where we sort of tick off a few boxes for ourselves personally. Yeah. So stuff that you wanted to see that you never got around to or maybe a passport that you haven't seen yet or you'd like to see. Same with me. So anything that I just feel that I need to see before we start doing the Halloween special and then the Scandinavian special, the last chance for us to do completely independent chosen reviews is coming up next month. So it's going to be fun. You're going to want to come back. Um, And who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll agree with each other again. But until then, it's been an absolute pleasure. And myself and Ben, we'll see you next month for The Chocolate Box you. Mm-hmm.